I have to say with hindsight, the weirdest thing about the pandemic wasn't just the global shift and reactions to a world spread virus. It was watching the global shift and reactions of a world spread virus in a place like Utah. <laughs> Specifically, in my local Smith store, since that was where I would restock water for the coffee shop that I was a regular at as a side hustle. The clerks had to do their job enforcing the wearing of face masks, and most of us scrambled for bandanas and asked our nursing major friends for some disposable ones, but you gotta remember, this was 2020 Utah. A, depending on who you talk to, notoriously conservative state in the middle of Donald Trump's last year as president of the United States of America. Most of them were adamant that the Wuhan lab theory wasn't a theory, but in fact the stone-cold truth and refused to partake in something so, to use their words, unconstitutional as wearing face masks. Some of the defiance was light, such as the time when I walked by two polygamous men who pulled up their face masks as per the request of a clerk across the checkout aisles, then immediately ripped them down with one even turning around and yelling back, BITCH! Some of the defiance was a little... excessive, such as the manager telling me that an hour prior to telling me the story, she encountered a maskless man who, when told he couldn't enter the store unless he changed that situation, merely lifted his shirt to show her the gun he had resting in its holster and shoulder-checked her before going in. He was immediately banned from Smith's, which is quite the thing to have on your life resume. <laughs> but that's not to say that a fiercely conspiratorial town was entirely one-sided. There was a time when a guy, mid to late 50s would be my guess, walked in because he was wearing a mask. That mask being an eye mask that only covered the bridge of his nose and a couple of inches of the face around his eyes, like Zorro or Robin. One of the supervisors approached him, chewed him out in front of everyone while the punk ass had a smile on his face. Little did the supervisor know, the punk ass had a camera-friendly friend. And the next day or two, an article came out with this headline. Smith's grocery store employees threatened physical attack for improper mask use. In fact, I remember watching the video and... One of the employees actually called him a Trumpster, straight up to his face. Like, like the paraphrasing of what they had said was, I'm going to kick your ass, you little Trumpster. <laughs> but I only saw the article after someone had told me that they were boycotting Smiths because they were discriminating against people who wore face masks and didn't care about the well-being of those with compromised immune systems. Borealis Entertainment presents... Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home, a podcast memoir by M.K. Lott. Chapter 3. The Delta Variant So, I won't pretend that I've been living under a rock. The world has been all kinds of crazy since February 2020. In a super small amount of time, a sneeze went from a nuisance or a concern for someone's health to a violent crime against humanity. Some of us had to learn friendly gestures while maintaining a safe distance of six feet. And we could get away with not smiling at someone we didn't like because we were trying to block airborne droplets with face masks. Don't lie and go for the high ground, I know you did it too. All this to say, COVID's been a bit of an inconvenience on all of us. Though I will say, getting it is a totally new kind of inconvenience than trying to avoid it. It was November of 2021, so pretty recently as of this recording. I just got done with a move to an entirely new state, I had gotten a remote job in sales, and I would start my second job by the end of the month. I had some business to attend to about an hour away from where I was living, and during the drive back I couldn't help but notice an odd scratch in my throat. 
it was almost like I forgot to chew tortilla chips properly and they just shredded my esophagus. I tried my best not to think of it though, because I mean there's no point in getting provoked by something that could go as quickly as it came, and that's usually the prologue for a flu for me anyway. The next day, however, was a different story. In addition to the scratchy throat, now feeling like I was stabbed in the neck, followed by God sprinkling some dehydration in there, my energy was nowhere to be found. I felt hungover and drunk at the same time. I couldn't walk straight, and it was pretty clear that I was falling apart at the seams. I made some tea and tried to do some extra work, but no progress was really made. I mean, you, like your phone, can only do so much in low power mode. Thanksgiving was also roughly two weeks away, and I was expected to make the eight-hour drive to my parents' home a day or two before the holidays, so I just decided to give my mom a warning, something along the lines of, I just came down with a nasty flu, I should be fine, but just in case, here's what's happening. I took her advice and tried to stay asleep as much as possible. Then, Wednesday arrived. God damn you, Wednesday. I snacked a little bit throughout my illness on ramen and chicken noodle soup, you know, as, as you do. And neither I nor my throat were in the mood for excessive sodium on Wednesday. So I made myself some cinnamon oatmeal. Hopefully the carbs would give me some fuel to keep the systems going, I thought. And it was my third, maybe even fourth bite, and I swear to whoever you pray to. The spoon didn't even leave my mouth when I felt my taste go It was like someone turned the power off, and I thought, oh, I don't think this is the flu. But I am congested, and seeing that, you know, the gustatory and olfactory nerves are so closely linked, I know usually my taste and smell are kind of shoddy when my nose is clogged, so I'm going to say that's it and just keep moving forward. I didn't eat anything else for the rest of the day since I wasn't hungry and I kept my family up to date as to what was going on. We're also an essential oils family. Say what you want, at the very least, they are the best smelling placebos I know of. And mom recommended that I use an essential oil myself called Breathe with some peppermint oil. I went to go pick up the peppermint bottle, I opened it up, and... nothing. I got nothing. If I didn't see the oil swirling around, I would have thought it was empty. And the bitch of it all? I wasn't in the slightest congested. Mom? I texted in a panic. I can't smell the oils. Uh-oh, Mom responded. We immediately switched from text to phone call. Okay, here's what we're gonna do, Mom asserted. I'm gonna help you get some tests, we'll send you some more oils, do you have vitamins? We'll get you some more vitamins, and your job is to rest. Just rest as much as you can. I know you want to come home, and we will miss you, but now you're gonna have the antibodies and you'll be home for Christmas. Plus, you've got your hypnotherapy skills, you've got the Joe Dispenza meditations. You have the tools, so use them. While my mom did help me find the logic behind everything and be more rational, I couldn't help but be angry. In fact, I was embarrassed that I got COVID because getting sick wasn't the scariest part for me. It was being treated like an outcast or being treated like I was irresponsible. I was afraid of people saying to me, well, you should have been more careful or stay the hell away from me or that's what you get. And trust me, I get it. The hypochondriac gets it. And it comes from a place of wanting to be safe and secure and to flatten the curve. I get that. But with how crazy the world is right now, those thoughts tend to get lost in translation when set out of stress and fear. But you know, there's some good in quarantine and not seeing another human being for 14 days. No one's there to tell you those things. That's not to say that you can't be your own worst enemy and create those thoughts, but it's a lot better than getting that validated by another person. 
About three days in, and I was beginning to lose it. My roommate was gone for the holidays. Don't worry, they tested negative. I hadn't seen another person since I first showed symptoms, and even though I used the Smiths app to get groceries, those said groceries kept getting stolen. So quarantine was a blast. I did nothing for those few days other than sleep and watch Game Grumps. I mean, what can I say? Aaron and Dan are funny guys. I didn't feel good unless I was in a steaming hot shower or FaceTiming my family. There were constant thoughts of loneliness and bitterness and anger, wanting to blame someone for giving me COVID, and as previously mentioned, embarrassment swimming through my mind at all times. But then there was something that came to me. I remember my mom said, you have the tools. And it reminded me of a story that I read in Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. When talking about his meditation, tuning into new potentials, highly recommend by the way, you have the tools was similar to what he told his son when it got tough for him to try to manifest what it was he was manifesting. So I decided to use the tools. I had to make sure first that I was in a good enough mood to take it seriously. I can in theory go from 0 to 60 pretty quickly, but it always helps to make the drop less steep. Meaning, it always helps to put myself in a good mood before I begin a meditation or hypnosis of any kind. So I always watched School of Rock before I began Joe Dispenza's meditation called Blessing of the Energy Centers and Hypnosis. Some people may find that watching School of Rock every day is a little much, but I will happily stick it to the man any day of the week. And while School of Rock was playing, I turned the volume down and do the hypnosis first. Now, I haven't finished my time as a student at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, but I managed to learn how to hypnotize myself, and during that time, I used some imagery to imagine myself wearing armor that expelled and pulled out anything dangerous to my body. By doing that, I was convincing my brain to think I was stronger than I actually was. Then I did the meditation, and I don't know if you've ever done a Joe Dispenza meditation, but, um... Whoa, that crap gets intense, especially after you've been hypnotized. <laughs> but I ended every night with this overwhelming feeling of bliss and reassurance, so needless to say, it didn't take long to see some physiological changes as well. At the beginning of Thanksgiving week, my energy was almost back to normal, I was able to walk without looking like I needed a designated driver, and other than my loss of taste and smell, I had no symptoms. I gave mom an update and she said, why don't you take a test? I don't think it would hurt. So the next morning, I took her up on the offer. And a little bit later, I got the results back in the form of one word. Negative. Now, if you're reading this outside of the United States, in the US of A, the quarantine time is 14 days. And I think at one point it was 10 days. I feel like these protocols change more than my mood. I got this negative test result on day eight. Once that came through, I shoved as many clean clothes as I had into a backpack. If I had a tamping rod, I'd get the whole damn wardrobe in there. I got some coffee, refilled gas, and drove for eight hours straight to be with my family for the holidays. Now, I wanted to share the story not to show off or to, you know, be all wooey and mystical, you know, since some people have described me as hippy-dippy, but I wanted to share this story to show how important it is to mentally take care of yourself regardless of your condition. For the majority of info that's out there, our emotions can seriously change the way we handle situations and things that occur to us. Now, I subscribe to Joe Dispenza like a millennial to Netflix, and one of the beauties of blessing the energy centers from a physiological standpoint is that the meditation makes your mind prioritize realignment on your body's health, to use Dispenza's perspective. 
Joe Dispenza has a PhD in chiropractic medicine, just to give you some context. Now, hypnotherapy, like Joe Dispenza's meditation, changes what your mind deems important enough to invest in. Before I did the hypnosis on myself, I kept thinking about how infuriating it was that this happened, and I kept thinking about how the environment around me would make it worse, hypothetically speaking. To use a metaphor, since I have those in surplus, this was the gas I was putting in my car, and I wasn't going as far. But the moment I started adding better gas, the farther I got, and the better kept my car was. Now, how do I get better gas? I used a technique that Capucinian hypnotists coin therapeutic imagery. This is when a hypnotherapist guides a client through the session to make them imagine something. It could be a safe place, it could be who they want to be in the future, it could be the energy of their body's healing, ring a bell. What this does is it lets you invest in what you want without it going over your head with crazy jargon or thinking it's impossible. Because here's a little trick if you haven't heard chapter one yet. Your subconscious can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. When you imagine something, your subconscious is putting energy into whatever you're imagining. In the example of me wearing armor, that's something that's not foreign to me. To make it more powerful for me, I had been writing a fantasy novel. So armor had been more present in my mind than before, and that makes the image clearer and therefore stronger. So while I may not consciously think about it day by day, the fuel that my brain's going off of is, I have COVID armor, and my body is repairing itself using energy. And the brain then says to the body, alright guys, we got a new quota to fill, here's what we got. So let's discuss the question that's kind of the elephant in the room right now. Did meditation and hypnosis help me fight COVID-19? I may be a little biased, but I'm going to go on a limb and say, most likely. And here's why. There have been plenty of studies showing that positivity and an improvement mindset lowers your stress levels and increases your health in general. I would actually recommend a book that I've been reading recently called Emotional Longevity by Norman Anderson if you want to have a little bit more uh, empirical data on this. And I don't have the data that links my hypnosis and meditations to my getting better so quickly that I got out of quarantine in almost half the time, but I can definitely tell you that there was a general change from pre-hypnosis and meditation to post-hypnosis and meditation. Before I hypnotized myself and meditated, my groceries were getting stolen, leaving me with a limited supply of food and pretty much burning money. And for anybody who's thinking about using this app, Smith's has this weird policy where once something is declared delivered, it's no longer in the company's control and therefore they couldn't refund me. And I was afraid of what people were going to think about me getting COVID. I was alone with only the occasional text and FaceTime to keep me company. And I was so sick, I was delirious and in pain. After hypnosis and meditation, my energy came back, I felt healthier, I tested negative, my gratitude increased, which means my thoughts were in better places, and I came home. Hell, my taste started coming back during that next weekend, which, yeah, was a bummer to get right before a holiday that's completely revolved around food, but I wound up practicing and getting really good at saying, Oh, this, this, this texture is fantastic. And all that's not to say that my immune system went full on Wolverine. I was very weak and out of breath every time I worked out for the next month. I still had brain fog from time to time. In fact, for those who have listened to chapter two, chapter two happened right after I got COVID. And there have actually been a lot of studies coming out recently 
that have linked people who've had COVID that now have depression. So there's no confirmed tie there, but I, I kind of got a hunch and my taste wasn't hundred percent back for a while. In fact, as of this writing, I was just starting to get hints of smell again. My smell is not hundred percent still. My taste kind of is, but my smell is still really shoddy. I also took vitamins and mixed greens powder and essential oils like that was all I was physically capable of consuming. Which is funny how that works when your taste goes on strike. But that process would have definitely slowed a lot if I didn't redirect my brain to prioritize more important and positive things in my life. And it's by no means a cure, but it's a damn good start. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home. I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you, and if you're curious about hypnotherapy or anything I mentioned in this episode, feel free to reach out on Instagram at mklotprohobbyist, and I would love to help out in any way I can. Thank you as always for your attention, and I can't wait to chat with you again. Until next time, here's to finding your way.